0: Can you remind me, if you'll, if you'll be so kind Staring out into space Asking God to hear my case Trying to think of all things past
1: How long will my memory last with purple angel purple angel
2: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. Before we um, get to our show this afternoon, we've got uh, two special guests waiting in the wings for us. I always just like to tell our audience about Alzheimer's Speaks because we're always getting new people that want to know who the heck we are and what we do. So bottom line, we are an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care culture from crisis to comfort all around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and having everyday conversations like you're going to hear today about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help people continue to live with purpose with the disease and not become it. Um, in our, at our core, we also believe that collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle against dementia. And I know it's working. Thanks to each and every one of you. You see, your likes, your clicks, your shares on our various platforms from the radio to our dementia chats, to our blog, um, to our YouTube channel, uh, to our website um, have all made a big, big impact um, because of you. We were named the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And we were most recently acknowledged as an architect of change for humanity by Maria Shriver. And again, that wouldn't have happened without you helping us push information out. Most of us in our sphere of influence have people who are dealing with dementia or may even be diagnosed or having symptoms of it, but haven't communicated that with others. Um, There's still great fear wrapped in this disease and unknowing. And so we believe that the more information and content that people can have accessible to them, the more comfortable they're going to feel um, to reach out and grab that and get connected and get the resources they need. So we really appreciate your attention to um, sharing, and we encourage you to continue to do that, and we hope you do that uh, with this show that we have here today. Um, I also want to, before we get started, give a shout-out to the Call Alert Center, um, which has a fantastic program that is really a backup system in case someone you love would wander. And it's uh, something you can set up. It costs under $15 a year. And if your loved one were to wander or your client, um, you can connect via social media with a flyer in under 10 minutes. And they work cooperatively with the police departments. And it's just a fantastic way to take the stress off and just breathe a little easier, knowing if that would occur because we never know if and when that's going to occur with our loved one, that you're set and ready to go. I also want to mention a cruise and conference that we're doing coming up November 11th through the 18th, which is going to be to the Eastern Caribbean. And it's going to be fun. We're going to relax, rejuvenate, and learn. And it's a seven-day cruise. Um, and we are going to have um, four people living with dementia join us as speakers and educators on this uh, in, during the conference, along with Cindy Lazinski, who heads up a uh, grassroots effort in um, northern Colorado, and Becky Watson, who is a music therapist. So uh, check us out. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com. You'll see a big flyer on the front, and uh, you can always go to our projects and initiatives page and learn more as well. So um, let's get started with this show because it's going to be a fun one. Today we are really lucky to have with us Karen Love. And Karen, for those of you who don't know her, is the Executive Director of the Dementia Action Alliance, which is a nonprofit charitable organization that works to make dementia symptoms better understood, and accommodated as a disability, which improves uh, support for the individuals diagnosed and their families living with the disease. Um, DAA is all about eradicating uh, stigma and ensuring the full inclusion in all matters concerning people living with dementia. So welcome, Karen. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, excited to to talk with uh, you and Robert here today. Let me go ahead and introduce Robert, and then we will uh, get this show on the road. Um, Robert Bowles um, is our second guest, who um, is a retired pharmacist, and he's also the past president of the Georgia Pharma Association, our pharmacy association. And in 2012, at the age of 64. Robert was diagnosed with dementia with Lewy bodies, and he has been a powerhouse ever since. Um, I also want you to know that Robert's um, parents, both of them, had dementia as well. So there was a family history there. So welcome, Robert.
3: Oh, Thank you, Laura. It's always good to be with you.
2: Well, I am uh, really excited to have the two of you on to be able to talk about your reimagined conference. And um, Robert, I'm gonna throw you some questions first, if you don't mind. Um, and the first okay. one is, why is it important for people to know about the conference that you're doing?
3: Lori, we, we, we all know the medical model of dementia is broken. hmm and oftentimes, most often when a person is diagnosed, they're not given any resources, nor is their family given resources. Uh, DAA provides this opportunity for this to take place. And uh, the conference, uh, of course, will be in Atlanta June 25 through 27. And it brings together people in the uh, care community, the persons living with dementia, there will be multiple people speaking uh, that are living with dementia. Uh, it brings in uh, both family caregivers, uh, the professional caregivers, and the medical community. And through these sources, uh, as they listen to those living with dementia, you know, I think, Lori, we, we've seen that a missing link in to take to the next level the uh, culture of dementia and take it to a higher level, we have seen that the missing link was the person living with the disease. Mm-hmm. And now that that's been, you've been a, a founder in that, uh, list of bringing out the voices of those living with dementia. And through this, those learned experience that they receive from them, those experiences that they receive from uh, people that are professionals that will be at the conference uh, that will give you insights into dementia, and uh, things like that. We have some powerful speakers that will be there. So it's it's uh, it's sort of a one of a kind, I think, with what's being done with this.
2: I think it's really exciting and um, really cutting edge. Can you can you share with the audience who should go? I mean, is this for people with dementia? Is it for their care partners? You know, family and friends? Is it for professionals? Or you know, is it is it open to everybody?
3: It's really open to everybody. Uh, I think, really, I think there's 16 or 18 people living with dementia that will be part of the program, that will be speaking and sharing their thoughts about living with the disease. There will be people that are caregivers. There will be people who are uh, medical community. The Scientific Advisory Board will be there. Mm -hmm. Uh, All different aspects of the professional care providers, whether it be a memory uh, care uh, community or assisted living or long-term care uh, you can run the paradigm uh, even hospice because those needs are still there when it comes to how you interact and communicate with someone so it takes all of those coming together and i think uh, uh, karen and jackie have done a wonderful job of pulling this together and uh, i think it's going to be one of the most powerful conferences that someone could attend
2: I I would agree with you, and I I love the attitude of of breaking the rules and and separating people, um, in order to learn. Um, that's that's been one of my paths from day one, on this because I don't think any of us can do this alone. So let's stop kidding ourselves. Nobody has control over this disease, and it takes all of our our minds and our our bodies and our souls to put us on the right path. Um, to be compassionate and non-judging and to create an atmosphere in a world that, that's accepting and um, and focused on trying to find not only a cure, um, but support uh, for those yeah. living with the disease, both diagnosed and in family and friends. Um, this is such Absolutely. a huge, huge ripple effect. So um, kudos and to you.
3: I, and I say, I say Lori, that, that together we will change the culture of dementia.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and I'm seeing it. It won't be big, us
3: as an individual. It mm-hmm. will be all of us working together.
2: Yeah. And I've seen a big shift um, just in the last five years. I, I think that shift um, can still use a, a big, tremendous shove, um, you know, going forward. But it's it really things have changed significantly. And I don't think people realize how much. Um, it has changed. Now, can you tell us, you know, for the conference, um, what what are people looking at in terms of 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 cost with this? You know, how much is the conference for both a person with dementia and, and their care partners?
3: Okay, I'm going on, I'm on to mention one, and I'm going to let, uh, we'll get uh, Karen to jump in here on the last part of this part. Okay. I'm going to mention about the ones that are The persons with dementia Mm -hmm. uh because i don't know what stage we're at on the other one right now okay but persons with dementia will be 295 dollars and that's really a bargain for a conference Mm -hmm. Uh, but these individuals and their care partner uh both would be would pay 295 dollars each okay Uh, but you know then uh, let's ask uh karen to talk about where we are in the structure of the registration and, and the cost
1: the um, uh, regular registration because Early bird closed out April 1st. Uh, Early bird was 495 but now the regular conference price is 95 and you can have a one day conference fee for 295. Um, and we also have student rates available for 295.
2: Okay. And is that, does it make it a difference if it's a person with dementia or their care partner or if they're professional? Is there a difference in terms of pricing structure there?
1: Yes. Uh, The care partners and individuals living with dementia and students are all, um, we consider a special category and we are giving them the conference rate at 295. And then everyone else uh would be at five ninety five.
2: Gotcha. Okay.
1: But best to best to register before the actual conference because um a uh, week before and on site it'll
2: be six ninety five. Okay. And can you say again, Karen, um the, the dates for the conference? Because I think people have to realize that, you know, this isn't just a one day thing.
1: Right. Uh, The conference will start late the afternoon of Sunday, June 25th, with a a wonderful opening uh, reception, a nice way to get to meet and greet people. Um, We're giving out a technology award this year, so all that will be Sunday late afternoon, and then two full days of the conference, June 26th and 27th, which are a Monday and a Tuesday.
2: Okay. So, yeah, so really you're getting two and a half days there. And then um, somebody would say that does not include your hotel, though. That's just conference cost itself, just to be clear, correct?
1: Correct. Conference cost and then um, uh, lunches will be included, receptions, snacks. Uh, The conference is chocked full besides the full program itself. The conference includes a technology showcase. Which will be one of the first times that um, a whole grouping of technology innovators who have special products that um, support individuals living with dementia and their care partners, um, so you'll be able to go through the technology showcase'll um, be interactive and get to um, use the the items and um, talk with the, the team, the development team, so that'll be wonderful. We're also going to be showing the internationally traveling dementia creative arts exhibition, which are all kinds of different artworks, including sculpture and paintings and watercolors and quilting and and other things, other artistic things. Um, so we will have that exhibition, which um, has been traveling now around the world, I think it was last in South Africa, will have it in Atlanta. It originated in um, England. So that's going to be exciting. And we're going to, during the conference, have a simulcast, a live televised simulcast between the BBC and PBS um, with some of the artists because the creative arts are such a wonderful way of um, being able to express yourself, and um, you know, continue to find um, ways um, in daily life that are, bring you interest and meaning. We're going to have a book author meet and greet. Uh, so those are just some of the other things that are included in part of the registration.
2: Wonderful. Well, thanks, Karen. Um, Robert. Can you talk about maybe some of the discussion points that are going to be addressed at the conference, um, which will be including people with dementia?
3: Yes. Uh, Laura, of course, you hit one of the prime things uh, in your opening comments, and and that was the stigma. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
3: Recently, my neurologist collaborated with me and Dementia Spotlight Foundation uh, that I serve as their executive program director uh, to host focus groups. We did five focus groups. The results of the focus group was not what I thought they would be. It was actually stigma. Mm -hmm. That was the number one concern for for all five groups was stigma. And as I thought about it, I said, oh, it makes sense. Stigma produces fear. It keeps a person from going to the doctor Mm -hmm. to be uh, evaluated. So that fear goes beyond that that segment, and it goes into decreasing the ability to accept the diagnosis and what the potential that lies ahead. It decreases the ability to be social. They withdraw because they don't want anyone to know it. Then it decreases the ability to have a positive attitude. We all know that a positive attitude is very important Uh, in any situation of life. And then we come to purpose. All of us need purpose to live. Mm -hmm. And those three things are damaged in that process. So that stigma is a a very strong part of this. But as you come out of that, you find there's life. And that's one thing DAA likes to focus on, is living. And uh, they utilize people that are living the disease. And, or helping others and it just is a magnet that people are drawn to so it's it, it's it's a lot of fun because you see people with different types of dementia the entire advisory council for dementia uh, action alliance is based on uh, that individual living with dementia and how can we improve that because when we improve and meet the needs of the person living with dementia then when we find out those needs, you can begin to put in place better care models.
2: Mm -hmm. Very true, very true. Um, And I think that's what, you know, really makes a huge, huge difference in terms of the uh, Dementia Action Alliance organization as a whole. Can you tell us, you know, I've I've heard something about lighting up Atlanta. What the heck does that mean? What do you got planned?
3: (laughs) Well, you know, Atlanta is a place to go. Uh, it has uh, a lot of traffic
0: mm-hmm.
3: and a lot of you know a lot of a lot of uh, people coming into Atlanta. They, they host a lot of conferences in Atlanta. This one is going to be an improv. Uh, Dementia Spotlight Foundation is hosting this part, uh, and uh, this this thing will be an event about a half a mile. It'll, it'll be at a theater about a half a mile from the hotel. Uh, it will be on Monday night. Uh, tickets will be available uh, very soon, in the next week probably. And this will give people opportunity to go that night and enjoy fun. It will be taken and lighting up Atlanta. with love laughter and lighting up Atlanta. And, and, and lighting up Atlanta. Uh, so it's going to be a great evening to just get back and decompress and enjoy being with people and, and just enjoy
2: the time and laugh, Oh, that's great so um lighting up uh Atlanta sounds like it's a mm-hmm. time to to fill the soul and uh you know just to to uh, build on that camaraderie because you're gonna have just such a significant amount of of people with passion and purpose in in one location. Um, I would imagine it's going to be pretty, pretty energizing, and uh, it, it's the conversations I think will be incredible for, for a lifetime that you're going to see come out of this conference. So, um,
3: well, well, Lori, Lori mm-hmm. one thing that happens too is that uh, uh, these relationships you build in these situations mm-hmm. uh, they la- they last for a lifetime.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, even the time that you took the time to drive down to. The, to, to Mayo in Minnesota to see me and meet me, uh, I still hang on to that moment mm-hmm. uh, of getting my hug from you. Uh, I mean, it's just special when you, these people come into your life.
2: Yep, I I agree. I think the uh, the social um, media connections that already exist when you have opportunities like you're having uh, for your conference or you know what we're doing with our crews, um, it, it just and what Rick Phelps did, you know when he had his his memory people in the the first kind of conference of its kind, um, which was very informal, really more of a gathering, um it just solidifies the work that is being done and how it is being done and who's involved and and just makes uh just kind of sets the cement to those relationships, so um you know kudos very much for. For your work there. Um, Karen, I wanted to ask you a few questions as well. The, the conference sessions look super interesting and really varied. Um, how are you you know able to pick your your topics and your presenters?
1: oh that's a great question. Well, first of all, we have partnered with colleagues in Canada because they're doing amazing things up there as well. not that they there aren't in other parts of the world, but other further away places make it harder geographically, but we've partnered with um, folks up in Canada and put together a sterling conference planning committee. We had have four people. Um, from Canada, including two individuals living with dementia, and then um, uh, nine people in the U.S., including uh, three people who are living with dementia. And I think that's um, a critical component to informing and shaping the conference program was that it came from people living with dementia, their care partners and um, other people in the field so it was you know a real knowledgeable group of people and we spent um, almost a year working on this and decided that um, we would have six major topic areas so that during the concurrent the four different concurrent session times if people wanted to just stick with one main topic they could and then the plenary sessions or if they wanted to change around so um, we've really selected as a team what those topics were, the most important, and they are changing the status quo. So, so what is sort of currently happening that needs to be changed or would be more helpful if there were changes? Um, the, the creative and expressive arts, you know, what does that do um, for people who are living with dementia? Care partnering is another of the topics optimizing well-being, and then um, from the community level, both at state, local, uh, maybe church or temple, um, neighborhood communities, you know, whatever the community level, but there are a lot of exciting things going on. And then lastly, technology. So it was a collaborative effort, and then um, the group also decided how they wanted to open and close the conference, which I'm really excited about, and that was with a panel of five individuals living with different forms of dementia. Uh, we've got as the moderator Al Power, and for anyone who doesn't know Al Power, you're in for a treat. He is um, an internationally known geriatrician. He is wonderful. has written two books that um, are two of the best I've seen on the topic of living with dementia um, and a great sense of humor. He's going to be the moderator. So right from the get-go, the audience, which will be capped at no more than 500, um, will have a chance to hear directly from people living with dementia symptoms um, on a host of topics. And as Robert noted, um, stigma-related items are really significant. They are hurdles and provide all kinds of um, barriers and challenges. So that will be um, a, a major topic item. But even things as simple as you know, what's different about the dementias? Like, for example, we had um, a program last year in which a number of people living with dementia spoke. And Robert Bowles uh, was one of those. And he started talking about with his Lewy body dementia, for example, can feel like ping pong balls going off in his brain. And you could just hear the other people in the audience kind of this intake of breath because nobody had put it in those terms before. And then there was another gentleman there who had – Louis body and he got all excited he goes oh that's exactly what it's like and it just you know starts opening up avenues of discussion that we don't typically hear um you know at the conference level these conferences tend to be very didactic very clinical and really to um to help people um living with dementia and their care partners best we really need to get much closer to the grassroots level um, and learn and talk and have these
2: collective discussions i so I so agree with that. I think that that is uh is wonderful to use their language and and al is just um his card and he will he will make that a really fun um fun conversation and because I think sometimes people get nervous of you know right or wrong and you know how am I doing or should I ask my question or not and and he'll just put everybody right at home. Um, as a facilitator of that conversation, along with your your panel of experts living with the disease, um, they they all just have such a, a great, unique skill in terms of being able to um, just talk, I think, authentically and take the scary out of things. And that's a, that's a huge, huge thing uh, to be able to give people that that gift of, you know, it's okay, um, we're in this together. Uh, you know, type feeling. So um, that'll be, that's really, really exciting. Exactly. Can, you mm-hmm. used a word that I thought was
1: really powerful when you were describing your um, your cruise, which I think is going to be another wonderful um, opportunity because you're mixing the socialization, the opportunity to explore and do things together, as well as learning. But you use the term um, for your presenters that are living with dementia, educators, and who better to educate than, um, you know, individuals who are living the experience. So I I've, I've really thought that was powerful.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, even on dementia chats, I refer to the panel of ex- experts living with dementia as our experts, the true experts, you know, because... They they know they live with it. We're we're all guessing, you know. We're we're making assumptions, <laughs> you know. And and it's so much easier just to ask a question and get it from the horse's mouth, knowing that everybody who's living with it, it it's going to be a little bit different. Um, but their insights are so powerful, and I think that's what I'm so excited about for for your conference is for people to be able to to not only see that in action, but I think even more importantly, feel it in action. Um, because I'm a I'm a true believer that things don't change until people feel that um, emotional tie to make a difference and I think that's what makes people come out of their shells and and stand up and um, take a stand and and do whatever they can in there utilizing their own skills and resources um, to make change and um, you know working together and, and sharing how they're doing it and what they're doing versus trying to tie it up in a closet and, you know, lock it down so nobody knows. You know, that's a that's a real limiting way of making change and saying I'm the only one who knows how to do this. And, um, you know, when you pull such a large collaboration together like you've done with this conference, you know, you're opening the doors and kind of letting the horses out of the barn, going... There's nothing to be afraid of. Just join the run, you know, and if you got to walk or be pushed, that's cool, too. Here's the path, you know, and uh, right. And if you take a side road, that's OK. We'll still catch up with you, you know, because that's how we that's how we make change. That's how we find out what works and what doesn't work um, is by sharing platforms instead of closing, closing down or or trying to close one another down. So I think that that's really very, very um very, very exciting. Now, I, I do want you to talk, here about the technology showcase. You mentioned it a little bit. Um, can you mention any vendors at this time and, and what types of products um, people could expect to, to be able to talk about and, and touch and see and feel while they're there? Sure. A- absolutely.
1: Um, well, and for example, when you um, opened the show, you were talking about the technology to um identify and um find people i mean that has become um you know people used to have to wear these big bulky um bracelets
0: mm-hmm. that were
1: intrusive and um you know that technology has greatly increased so um there are all kinds of things um and so some of the some of the uh, people that will be in the technology or companies that will be in the technology showcase are it's never too late And they are coming up on 20 years, and in fact, um, the founder, Jack York, is going to win the Reimagine Life with Dementia 2017 Technology Award because they have been pioneering ways using um, different um, technology-based computerized programs Um, to engage individuals living with dementia in fun um, and non-childish ways. So, for example, I can remember about 10 years ago, um, you could go up to the standing screen or, you know, if you wanted to, you could sit down, but with your hand on the touch screen, um, I'm a puzzle person, I love puzzles, Um, and just move the pieces around and, you know, put a puzzle together Mm -hmm. or, Um, really advanced stages of uh, karaoke, um, which are always fun. So anyhow, they're going to be there. Um, The Java Music Club, we know how important um, and powerful music can be, you know, raising our spirits um, and, you know, connecting us to things that are meaningful. We have um, a company that is doing some wonderful things with uh, using technology for storytelling. So that, for example, when individuals maybe move into a long-term care community, that their personhood and who they are and their history and background, um, that all that can come with them. It's a way of uploading um, video clips and, and pictures and um, information in a, a really smart format. That's a former Time Magazine correspondent. that. Um is a co-founder of that company. We've got companies that are doing really smart apps, um, apps to help um, you know serve as reminders and organizers, apps that um, you know are just engaging, that are easy to pick up a phone or an iPad or you know some kind of tablet device. Um, there are um, ways of tracking um, health information. Uh, technology companies that will be there for that, so I think what's what's really going to be unusual is that usually when you have this kind of thing, the vendors or companies are only there for a certain amount of time it's crowded it's loud, people are kind of jostling and pushing about, and we have set this up so that there are lots of times, especially if you have dementia. People like Robert and others were very mindful in saying we need quiet times to mm-hmm. go through that. We need to be able to just sit down, and you know, not have it be overwhelming. Um, we have from uh, the Georgia Institute of Technology their whole life tools. Um, they have a huge program of um, things for that help um, for accommodation and support um, that will be there. So. Yeah, it'll be very exciting and certainly a lot of fun.
2: Oh, very cool. Very cool. Now, the other thing you had mentioned was the International um, Dementia Creative Arts Exhibit. Um, and I know you said that that was traveling around. Um, how did you hear about them? Um, or was that just, just something that you've... you've? Because I, I, I know of people doing a little here and a little there. Um, but I hadn't, I, and maybe I just wasn't aware of, of this particular name, but just interested in, in how you heard about them and how you were able to kind of curate them to come. Cause I know um, moving any type of um, exhibit is a lot of work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I'm learning it. Yes, indeed it is. <laughs> it's quite a logistical challenge, but we're up for it. And, um, So we have at the Dementia Action Alliance an arts and dementia work group that is an amazing um, collaboration of individuals from um, book authors to uh, art therapists to we have a neurologist who's um, understood the value of creative expressive arts, individuals living with and doing things. It's this wonderful potpourri um, of people. And one of them had heard about this and made an email introduction to me about a year and a half ago to David Reed, who is a professor at the University of Sheffield in England. And I was thinking, well, he must be an arts professor. And um, we got together on Zoom one day, and it turns out, lo and behold, he's a nursing professor. And so my first question was, how curious You know, why, how is it that you started this exhibition um, in 2009? And he laughed and he said, Well, because I realized one of the most important things for the individuals that I knew who were living with dementia were ways that they could continue to do things that were interesting and meaningful and productive to them. And we found that all kinds of expressive, and creative arts, that there's such a a tremendous amount of variety that those things were very um, wonderful. And so the the artwork, I've seen pictures. I haven't seen the originals. We'll get those the first part of June. Um, They'll be shipped over. Um, And so we've added, we now have other artists here in the United States. So this traveling art exhibit will include a lot of artwork from here in the United States. And two of the artists, well, we'll probably have four or five at the conference, but two in particular are going to be telling their stories on this BBC PBS simulcast. And do we have a minute? I, I'd love to just quickly you know, kind of tell you how um, art impacted their lives, if we have time. Oh, that'd be
2: great. Please do. Great.
1: OK. So um neither would mind me um sharing their stories. They've said it's okay to tell publicly. So one is uh, a former guy from the Air Force and a big burly guy and um he his wife is a sewer she loves um not professionally but you know just enjoys um doing things at home and he now is um been living for the last four years with a, a rare form of dementia called posterior cortical atrophy and he started quilting and it turns out he's got a real gift for it he's very creative these the patterns i've seen all kinds of pictures of what he's making um are interesting and um now four years in he is um his eyesight is very limited um because this type of dementia impacts Um, the vision as well. And he has taught himself to continue to quilt um, by feel. So he can tell um, where the fabric hits his fingers, where a quarter inch hemline hits. And he was talking about when he was in the Air Force, they always put him through battery aptitude and other kinds of tests. And he was always very um, analytically brained dominant. That you know that was what always came out very. Um, he, he scored strongly in. Well, he asked his neurologist not too long ago after he's been doing all this quilting and crocheting um, for the last four years, and um, so he was retested, and now he's tested very cre- the opposite side of the brain, very creative brain dominant, wow. and so that's really a powerful um, example of how. Um, neuroplasticity the neurogenesis you know that using your brain um in different ways you know really can um you know help and then one of the other ladies is from santa fe new mexico and um she had been a psychotherapist and ended up having to leave work and a friend said you know go take some art classes or or something find something that you know is meaningful and um, she took a pottery class and turned out turns out that she's really got some, um, some aptitude and uh, talent for it. And she was finding that with her dementia she was having a great deal of trouble connecting words and you know, being able to be articulate. And when she was first in the pottery class with the other individuals, she was very quiet. And as people became more social and drew her into things, she became more talkative she felt wonderful with these different pieces and she said it basically the pottery um gave her her voice back
2: oh how cool so is that those are that? very
1: powerful examples of um you know and then we've got lots more but we thought you know by sharing this kind of thing it's it's inspirational and there's you know information it doesn't mean we we'll all go out and do good pottery but you know maybe there's something that we can do that it that would make us,
2: um, you know, inspired. Well, and I think that goes, you know, I think that that's just really an expansive moment because what what tapping into those creative juices can do for somebody with dementia, the same goes for somebody who's caring for someone, you know, and it, it gets us to think about um, new ways. It gets us to think about, you know, getting rid of the limitations that we've all set on ourselves and um and utilizing what we 're comfortable with, what brings us joy, what brings us peace, and to me, I think that 's kind of what um what art does it can also bring excitement and stuff, but it 's just that that um that piece of I, I can do this you know and there's not there's <laughs> yeah. there's not a right or a wrong and and that 's a big um negative script that everybody in the world has kind of been taught that there is a right or a wrong way to approach things. And I, I think with shifting, the shifting of the dementia care culture is really about saying, get out of the box and come in the playground. You know, there's lots of ways to approach this. And we've lost our creativity, and it slowed us down in terms of making progress. And, and so I think, I think that art example is just a beautiful one for, for people to be able to look at in, in a really broad fashion in terms of how can they partake? You know, I mean, there's, I look at what I've seen in the people I've interviewed just on the show um, and met at conferences about all the unique things they're they're doing. If it's music, if it's art, if it's, um, you know, crocheting, if it's, um, you know, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts doing different projects, everybody at different levels. But if they want to participate, they should be allowed to and And, yeah, they should be and creativity manifests itself
1: in many ways and and Robert, um, if I can um kind of call you out so Robert's creativity uh or one of the um venues of his creativity is seeing how people you know the different things that they can do. And then putting, matching them, and putting them together. Mm -hmm. He is an amazing. Well, his wife told me once that he can make friends with a telephone pole, and I didn't (laughs) quite understand at the time when she said that. But now that I've known him, Mm -hmm. yes, Robert has never met anyone who wasn't a friend, and you know he he can see the goodness and um, you know specialness in everyone, and, and you know put people together that ordinarily wouldn't. So, Robert, I hope you don't mind me telling the
2: world about that, but. The talent. It really is. Not everybody uh, can do that. And when you, because um, I've seen that in play with Robert as well, um, you do it so gracefully and so graciously that it's it's so fluid. People don't even know what's happening to them, <laughs> you know. And they they uh, might have had you know. <laughs> oh, go ahead.
3: One thing. I, one thing I say is that for us to help people, uh, and I think it's in other diseases too, but my focus now is on dementia, we have to go into their world, and and I always try to look at them dead in the eye, hold their hand, put my hand on their shoulder, and just intently listen to them, and I think when we do that, it calms their spirit, and they begin to open up, and they begin to share, Mm -hmm. and then we learn, and I always get more out of it than I could ever give anyone.
2: Yeah, that's very true. And again, that's uh you know expanded past just not the person with dementia, but those caring for them as well. Um every, every, everybody's got a story. And and we all need to learn to not just um listen better, but really hear what is being said and and read their body language in terms of what is being said. Um, you know, to help pull, I try to
3: feel, I try to feel, Lori, mm-hmm. what they're feeling mm-hmm. uh, because I think that helps progress the conversation and know where to go.
2: Yep, definitely, definitely. Well, wonderful. Um, Karen, I had um, one other question I wanted to ask you, and that was you had mentioned that there was going to be um, an author's meet and greet event. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so often, we read a
1: book, or um an author may have a number of books and just think, "Wow, this person must be so special because I so relate or connected to so many things they say, but rarely do you get a chance to actually you know physically meet the author and so we thought that that would be um you know a really great thing to include as part of the conference there are some of these wonderful authors that have written books I mentioned Al Power. Um, he has two terrific books, Dementia Beyond Drugs and Dementia Beyond Disease, um, and he will be there, and um, so people can talk and interact with him. Um, also, for anyone who knows the Best Friends series with David Troxell and Virginia Bell, David will be there, um, so you can talk. And um, then we have Nancy Kreisman. She's written, I think, about four caregiving books. They're excellent. Uh, Daniel Potts is a neurologist from Alabama, and his father had Alzheimer's disease. And Daniel found Daniel and his wife found that they best connected with him um, through the arts. His, his father wasn't necessarily a watercolorist, but that was a way that they continued to engage that in writing poetry, and they ended up um, publishing some books together that are really. Wonderful, uh, Meryl Comer, uh, Slow Dancing with a Stranger. Um, her husband was a scientist from the National Institutes on Health, and it's you know their journey um, with his dementia um, and among a number of other authors. So I think that's going to be unusual and another fun event. Um, so I think that's probably the common word we keep coming back to is um, you know a fun way of learning and connecting, um, you know, with others. And it sounds an awful lot like your radio program, Lori.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, there's, when you do what you love, it, it is fun, you know, and, and I think that's the power of pulling people together that, um, you know, want to share, want to learn and are, are open-minded in terms of pushing the cause forward. It's, it's that passion that makes the difference there. Um, Lastly, in, in wrapping up, you know, I, I wanted to um, just see, Robert, was there anything else that you wanted to to add um, to this yeah, conversation? Yeah, one thing,
3: Laurie, I think there was one thing that I don't remember being mentioned. Mm-hmm. It might have been, but we're gonna, we will have a quiet room for those living with dementia to where if the overstimulation takes place, they will have a place to go. And the name of it is the Richard Taylor uh, Quiet Room. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And do you want to tell people a little bit about Richard and why that name was picked?
3: Richard Taylor was, I consider him a pioneer in in helping change the culture of dementia. Uh, He had a huge impact on many lives. He lived in Texas. Uh, I don't remember Laurie what his profession was. It, it was a prof- do, you, do you remember Lori? I, I
2: want to he
1: say he was, was a university professor of psychology. Okay. Uh,
3: yeah. Well, he had he had a wonderful way of connecting with people, and he went into their lives and he was internationally respected. And he died, I guess, a couple of years ago. Uh, I think he had some lo- had some other health issues in in the dementia mm-hmm. and all. But uh, he was just a wonderful person that left a, he was a legend, and he left a a, a stamp on what's being done today.
2: Yeah, and he was uh, the sidekick with Al Powers, too, a lot. They did a lot uh, right. of stuff together. And so, um, you know, if people listening talk with Al and want to learn more, more about Richard, I'm sure Al will, will share some tidbits uh of that, uh, Richard was very well loved. In fact, when he passed away, we did a—I want to say it was a two-hour show. People called in from all over the world to pay their respects to him, and uh, and kind of leave a legacy to his family for our, for what he had done to change the landscape of of our dementia care culture. So that's really neat that you guys are honoring Richard in that way. And, um, and for those that don't understand why a quiet room is needed, Robert, can you just explain? Because there, there's still, I think, probably even family members that don't quite get to the importance of having that kind of space available.
3: I, I think I can probably best explain it through an example. Okay. Uh, Thanksgiving, we had, I think, 12 family members here. The children were behaving well. All the t- you would think it would be the other way around. But all the adult, adults had their little clusters and were talking. And they had to talk louder to be able to hear because of the way the others were talking. So all of a sudden I found I have earplugs that decrease the decibels. But my brain never went to putting them in. Uh, I went out on the sun porch, couldn't get away from it. Went in my office, could not get away from it. My brain did not tell me I needed to go outside. I had gotten so wrapped into it.
0: Mm-hmm. That
3: was overstimulation. And that overstimulation leads to what I call a brain that is sizzling. It's sitting there just like an electrical current running, just popping you. And it actually took me a day and a half to get over it.
2: Wow. Yep. Very, very important stuff. And it shows the attention to detail that you've put in uh, to this conference, which um, those are the make and break points of of any um, successful gathering. I don't care if it's in your home um, with a family and friends or if it's a huge conference like this. It's the attention to detail and knowing your audience um, that makes people feel comfortable and want to come back next year. Uh, Karen, do you foresee yourselves doing this again next year? Well, what we've done with our Canadian
1: counterparts is um, the Reimagine Life with Dementia is going to be an annual conference, but we will um, have it back and forth. So in even number years, 2018 and on, it will be in Canada. And I think they're talking about next June having it on the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. we will know probably in a a month whether or not that's confirmed as the site and then 2019 and subsequent odd number years having it back in the United States and what that does is um, it expands sort of our thinking they're doing amazing things in Canada and you know just by virtue of you know having somewhat of a little bit different culture Um, you know, it's another way of looking at things. And and I'll give you a really quick example that uh, a group of individuals in Ontario living with dementia formed what they call the Ontario Dementia Working Group, ODAG. And they have become very vocal spokespeople um, for themselves and their community of others living with dementia and to the point where Parliament invited them to come and speak to them, you know, about mm-hmm. their needs and, um, you know, perspectives. And a couple of them said, I don't travel anymore. And, um, you know, we like to use this online media platform called Zoom. And Parliament said, okay, no problem whatsoever. And so some of them were there in person and others were brought in via Zoom, um, which is, you know, really um uh, you know, very forward thinking. We have tried to do that here in the U.S. Um, and haven't quite haven't quite got the same um, open mindset here. <laughs> yeah, but think? you never know. <laughs> you, you never know. You get to a conference and you hear things like this, and mm-hmm. maybe somebody will go back and say, "You know what? We need to change and and you know be able to do this via Zoom."
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, that would be that would be absolutely lovely and. You know, it's just kind of funny, too, when I think of, you know, everybody used to refer to, and and I think for the most part still does, that, you know, the UK is so far ahead of us. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, Canada being, you know, ahead of us and collaborating with them. And it's like, it just feels like it's creeping closer you know that sooner, yeah. sooner or later, we're going to get it here. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in the, in Let's the U.S. For sooner, okay? Yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> well, um, Robert and Karen, this has just been a really fun and exhilarating conversation, and I, I appreciate the efforts um, that you guys and and um, DAA have gone to to bring uh, to you know, the world, this conference of reimagining life with dementia. Um, now, Karen, the best way to for people to get a hold of um, you is to go to daanow.org, and there's information about the conference, plus so many other resources there as well. That's daanow.org, or you can always email them at info at daanow.org as well. Um, So, again, thank you so much for for spending this hour with us. We really appreciate it and um, wish you great success with your conference. Well, thank you for having us.
1: This has been delightful. And wish you all the best with your cruise. That sounds fun.
2: Yeah, I think both will be uh, impactful and fun. So thank you again. And, again, thank you, Robert, for uh, spending time with us. thank you, Lori,
3: And I'm trying to work out to go on the cruise.
2: Okay, well, we'd love to have (laughs) you. Um, awesome. In in wrapping. I've been missing you. Yeah, I know it's been a while. We've both been so dang busy. So, it would be a lot of fun to have you join us. Um, in wrapping up here, I just want to mention to people in case they don't know, um, Trish um, Vanderberg with the Us Against Alzheimer's, who was the co-founder and vice chair, um, has passed away. And so, you know, just. You know, if you're religious or not, if you can say a prayer or send some positive thoughts to, to their family uh, and to the Yes Against Alzheimer's organization, I know it would be greatly appreciated. It was very sudden death, and Trish was just uh, full of tenacity and charm, and kind of a mover and shaker in the world of dementia. And so, please remember them in your in your thoughts and prayers. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to uh, Rachel Perrin, who is the Culinary Director for Kowalski's Market here in the Twin Cities. And uh, she does a show called What's for Dinner tonight here on Alive and Social. It usually is only a 10 to 15 minute uh, podcast, but it's perfect if you're hungry and you don't know what the heck you're going to eat for dinner. Um, or if there's a holiday, like we just had Easter around the corner, and you're trying to figure out your, your seasonal menus, um, you can go to Kowalski's.com. That's K O W A L S K I S dot com and get information. As we had talked earlier, we would love to invite all of you on our dementia-friendly conference and cruise November 11th through the 18th to the Caribbean with Holland America. You can find information just by going to alzheimerspeaks.com. There's a flyer and it'll link you to to the page. You'll be able to print out um, our um, conference criteria, what ports we're going to be at, and you can... uh, Schedule your cruise or book it through Kathy Schoaf, um, who is in charge of our group there. Um, you will also be um, seeing, if you attend, Harry Urban, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shearer, and Mary Reed, all living with dementia, along with Cindy Lezinski, um, who heads up a, um, a grassroots dementia-friendly effort in northern Carol- uh, North uh, Colorado, and uh, and Becky Watson, who is a Music uh, therapist, so it should be a lot of fun. Always remember that too, Alzheimer Speaks uh, Radio. We've been doing this for like six years now. All of our shows are archived, so you can go back and listen. Some of our recent ones, uh, we talked with an author um, who, uh, Judy Cornish, who has a new method for dementia called the Dawn Method. It's Dementia and Alzheimer's Wellbeing Network. We also talked. Um, with Mindy Bolton, who has a method called Shays Way. And uh, you know the list just kind of goes on and on. Uh, we also do what's called Dementia Chance, which is a video interview where I interview experts living with dementia. And our last conversation had to do with how to communicate with people with dementia, how, how they want us to communicate with them and ideas that they have. Uh, you can also find out about upcoming previews of his neighbor, Phil, by uh, visiting AlzheimerSpeaks.com, and we had on the the blog kind of a fun thing for Easter. It was, um, and they call them excellent emojis, and they're egg emojis uh, for uh, for feelings. And I just thought it was really fun to post that and have you post back. You know, what kind of emotions did you have after meeting with your family? Um, In wrapping up, have a wonderful week, and we will talk to you all soon. And don't forget about signing up for the Reimagine Conference with Dementia Action Alliance. Thanks so much.
3: Hey, everybody. Jared Sebasti,
1: your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search retire repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, senior resource or life audio.